You're listening to Rocks Across the Pond, the curling podcast that goes around the globe looking for the best stories in the world's coolest sport. We have curling news and views for everyone, whether you're playing in your Thursday league or following your favorite teams on tour. Now here are your hosts, Ryan McGee and our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee, and joining me in Southampton, England, is our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm good. I don't have anything to report. Oh, wait, I do. I'm actually now a professor. You weren't before? (laughs) I was an associate professor. We, so we've been lying to everyone for four years now. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. But now, now, now we're, I've now finally lived up to my nickname. <laughs> well, all right. So how do you go from being an associate professor to a professor? Uh, Is it just you, what, you applied or you got some, like, some more education? So now I'm even more the least educated person on this podcast? Like what happened here? You got to write more books and more articles and... Uh, did you write another book? Yeah. You did? Yeah. What was this one about? I think I told you. I was the one on Stanley Cavell. No, sure I haven't. Rush no. Buy. Anyway, I have no, I have no idea who that is. And I'm sure you'll be buying it. 100 pounds from uh, Cambridge University Press. 100 pounds? <laughs> oh, because it's like a textbook kind of thing? Like that's... I, the academic book publishing is a mystery to me, man. Anyway... So um, the, give me, give us the, all right, give everyone the pitch. Like, why should we buy the book? What's it, what's, what's probably it about? Probably should not buy where the can, book. Unless where can they buy it? Into, well, it's not out yet. So oh, okay. it's in press, as they say. Anyway, okay. I'm doing the marketing survey this week, which is quite, uh, it's a big form. So what's it about? Where can everyone buy it? Where will you be? What Barnes and Nobles will you be signing copies at? There will be no book launch uh, unless you go to an academic conference. Um, it's about a contemporary American philosopher named Stanley Cavell, who passed away a few years ago. Um, he wrote a lot of stuff on movies. So he's one of the first philosophers to take movies very seriously as a, as a form of art. Um, he's written a lot on, uh, different theories of democracy and he advances something called perfectionism, which I could tell you about, but the book tells you about it. It's only in a succinct 120,000 words. You can find out everything you want to know about perfectionism. So, okay. All right. Where, where can we buy it? Uh, probably on Amazon. Okay. Or at an academic bookshop. So if you're near a large university that still has a bookstore, so our, my university no longer has a bookstore, but back in the day when universities had physical bookstores, you could usually buy copies of it there too. All right. Fantastic. All right. Do we want to get to the podcast or? Uh... I guess I. I guess we're gonna. We actually are going to talk about curling on this episode. <laughs> how many? How many copies of the book do you think we just sold? Uh, one. I do. I think we just sold one. You think one person will buy it? Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll be surprised if anyone buys it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like anyone, not even my mom will buy it. But, um, all right. Let's get on to curling. Yeah. The, today's episode is another one of those episodes that are kind of my favorites where we're going to bring somebody on and learn all about 
the curling culture and curling history uh, from their country. And this one's pretty cool because we are going to India. Yes. And we have a returning guest. So we have Raju, who's from the Curling Federation of India. And he's also, he was on an earlier episode uh, through the Global Initiative for Diversity, Equality, and Inclusion in Curling. So he's kind of part of both those organizations. But today he's going to join us to talk about curling in India, its history, um, his role in it, and what its plans are for the future. Yeah, they have actually held an on-ice championship in that country, so it'll be exciting to hear about that and about how he got his start in California and just how it was just really cool to hear his enthusiasm for the sport and trying to advance it in a, a very populous country where there are a lot of potential curlers. Yeah, I mean, some of the numbers he talks about are, um, in terms of mind his participation, <laughs> are mind-blowing. So it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting conversation. I think it's some pretty exciting things are going to be happening in India. All right, let's get on to it, and let's hear from P.N. Raju about curling in India. All right, we're joined today by P.N. Raju, who is the technical director of the Curling Federation of India. Uh, and he's going to talk to us today about curling in India and the Indian Curling Federation joining the WCF. So welcome back to the podcast, Raju. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me back. And we're going to ask you the question we ask all our guests um, to start just to kick things off, which is where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Yeah. So I'm uh, originally from Hyderabad, India, but I grew up in a very small town in the eastern part of India. And growing up in India in the 80s and 90s was like a unique social and economic experience, I guess, because we were a closed economy till 91. So didn't have a lot of exposure to the outside world uh, because didn't have a TV at home. Um, but like since then, like India has grown from this like um, like the closed country to like a more confident country that wants to be a global superpower, right? So it's been great to see that transformation. Like, uh, it was definitely a unique experience. And so most of our audience is in North America. So the extent of their knowledge of India might just be limited to Taj Mahal or Sachin Tendulkar. So tell us what you want people to know about India and what you would want them to experience if they visited. Right. So yes, we are uh, known for the Taj Mahal, our food, and I guess our obsession with cricket and Bollywood. Uh, but I guess the one thing I'd like uh, your audience to know is that we are a very diverse country. Uh, we're a country of 1.4 billion people. Uh, people uh, belonging to over 2,000 uh, different ethnic groups. Um, we have 28 states and eight union territories, um, each of which has like its own tradition, culture, cuisine, um, languages. So we are a very diverse country, both culturally and also nature. So we have the Himalayas in the north, we have beaches in Goa, we have tropical rainforests. If, so if people want to come visit after the pandemic, it's a great country to visit. And hopefully soon we'll have bond spiels that they can come for. 
And so which, which sports are most popular in India? Obviously, cricket is one of them. Yeah, cricket is by far the most popular sport. Um, football or soccer is probably the second uh, most popular sport. Field hockey is, our, is actually our national sport. And then badminton, tennis. We have a few indigenous sports like kabaddi and koko, which are also very popular. We've actually had a kabaddi player on the show before when we talked right. to uh, when we talked to the Kenyan curlers. They're involved yeah. in that sport as well. Yeah, I've interacted with Laventa, and she's a national team kabaddi coach, right? So that's yeah, that's awesome. I think most people don't associate India with winter sports, but obviously India is a huge country and the right. northern part of the country is very mountainous. And so it obviously gets cold there. Mm-hmm. So how popular are winter sports in India, either as a recreational activity or even just watching on TV? I mean, the winter sports are not very popular. We've only sent like 16 different athletes to like the winter olympics over like 11 different editions right it's becoming a lot more popular especially uh, a few ski resorts in the north have come up there are ice skating uh, rinks in a few shopping malls around the country but it's not as popular as a recreational activity people do watch some winter sports during the winter olympics but yeah winter sports are not all, all that popular in india right now I, I did see, though, that somewhere you were being interviewed and you said that curling is actually the most popular winter sport on TV in India. Is that, right. is that true? And if so, why do you think that is? Um, so I think after the 2018 Olympics, uh, Google Trends published a report based on like the YouTube views. Uh, uh, and they ranked like the most popular winter Olympic sport for each country based on like searches and uh, YouTube views, I guess. And Curling was the most popular sport in India. Um, actually, like most of South Asia, South Asia, West Asia, and Africa. And so how did you get introduced to curling? So I first watched uh, curling during the 2006 Winter Olympics. Um, I believe it was the first time the Winter Olympics were broadcast live uh, on TV in India. Um, I ended up watching a lot of curling. Um, and that was the Olympics when Russ Howard won gold during the games, like when he turned 50. So I was like, and I had always been passionate about sports. I had wanted to represent India and like cricket and football that never came to fruition, but I always wanted to represent India uh, in a big sport or at least an Olympic sport. I watched a lot of curling during that Olympics and I, I, I really wanted to play play for India at some point and but not having access to any curling ice, I had to wait another eight years before I could take up the sport. And so tell us about your first time curling. I moved to the Bay Area in 2014 and during that summer I was reading a news article about curling and I I wasn't sure if there would be curling ice in California. So I ended up looking for the nearest place where I could try the sport. And there was actually a club in Oakland. Uh, in, in, and then I signed up for a learn to curl and I haven't stopped since. So what was it about curling that made you want to dedicate yourself to it? Was Were you just hooked the first time you played or was there kind of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I think the motivation of like trying to represent the country was a big factor. And like the first time I tried it and then I went back for a three week beginner lesson series, the community was uh, in the Bay Area was uh, very supportive, very welcoming. So stuck with it because yeah, I wanted to represent the country and also the fact that the sport was so accessible because the, the club members were so welcoming. How did you then form Team India? So did, were you the first person to represent India uh, internationally in curling? There have been people like before me who've, who've, who've played curling. Um, I don't know if like, uh, because we haven't represented India yet. So like we played in the Pacific International Cup and the World Curling Tour as an Indian team. So at the pick, it was an Indian club team. The men's team is definitely like the first team that has the Indian team to have played in those events. So when I started uh, curling, um, I created a Facebook page and then we were the four of us that played the pick in the WCT event together, found each other through Facebook. All four of us are um, really passionate about the sport and we've, we've connected about our, like we connected because we all wanted to play for India. And then we did a couple of bond spiels before these, those events and um, ended up like uh, deciding to play together. And that's how we ended up playing in those events. Yeah. So is there, so is, are you, all the other players based in North America then on this team or? That is correct. So the men's team, um, uh, most of them, so yeah, all the players that have uh, been on the men's team, uh, the Indian men's team, are from North America. There are four uh, in the U.S. and one from one from Canada. So is there okay? So is the Indian Curling Federation a member of the WCF yet, or is it just kind of already in the application stage? Or yeah, so the Curling Federation of India became a conditional member uh, in 2019. Um, and then uh, in the process of becoming a provisional member this year. Um, so ho hopefully we should be able to start sending teams to WCF events uh, in, the, in the next season. And so what, what was your involvement in uh, the Curling Federation of India joining the WCF? Right. So the Curling Federation of India was set up uh, in 2010 by uh, Mrs. Sunita Joshi and Mr. Mohammad Arshad, who were based in India. Um, they wanted to... Uh, they wanted to grow the sport uh, in India, but because of the various rules, they were never able to get the Federation uh, a membership with WCF. Uh, those of us based in North America, we started uh, doing stuff, trying to promote the sport um, of sport of curling among the Indian diaspora. And also we did like a, a floor curling uh, tour in 2018. Um, WCF put us in touch with, with the group in India and then um, I've been involved like as the technical director since 2019. So you mentioned floor curling. How important has that been for spreading the word about the sport there in India? Uh, it has helped quite a lot uh, because again, like we don't have access to any um, uh, skating or ice facilities where people can try the sport on ice. 
Um, slow curling has been a, a great introduction for a lot of people about the sport, just learning about the rules uh, and just trying to throw a few stones um, and discussing strategy and all of that stuff. So we've we've organized uh, quite a few events, like um, most of them are like open uh, national level events where like people from other states can also come. Um, and they've seen a quite huge turnouts. Uh, it, it's usually been like multi-day events uh, with the, at least a few hundred people at each of those cool. events. So, it's, so yeah. is it structured so, like a bond spiel then? Or how, do, how does it work if you got like a hundred people, a couple hundred people playing yeah. or curling? So it's it's structured like we have uh, like a instructional day um, and then like people form teams. They like, it's it's like a competition. We try and organize it like a bond spiel. It's like a single elimination competition over over two days. Yeah. And so what's the response been? It sounds like it's been pretty positive. And I mean, I've even seen, in addition to Curling Federation of India, I've even seen little like regional federations kind of popped up, pop up. So like how, yeah. how many people do you think have tried floor curling? And I mean, how, what's the response been for you, for what you've been doing? Yeah. So in India, like the, the, the national associations and national federations need to have the different state associations to be like recognized by our ministry and like the Indian Olympic Association. So we have uh, right now about 18 state uh, associations that are part of uh, Curling Federation of India. And for the floor curling events, I think um, I don't have an exact number, but it's like it's close to close to a thousand people who've have shown up at these various events. Uh, we've organized about four of them. Uh, yes. So a little over a year ago, you were accepted as a member association, you said to WCF. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you had curling stones delivered right away to the country. So can you, you mind taking us through that process? Right. So WCF has uh, the de uh, something called the Development Assistance Program, where they give each member association uh, a grant to be used towards like growing the sport, developing the sport in that country. Right. So the first year uh, of our membership, we we ordered floor curling equipment, which we've used in those uh, in the national uh, level events, and in the second year, we did. Um, order two sets of stones which were delivered like during the pandemic and which were used earlier this year um, so we we had to apply to wcf for that grant and um, the stones were then shipped from canada to india and so wh where are the stones kept is there one place where on ice curling's done or are there a few different venues around the country where you play yeah so right now the stones um, are in gulmarg um, that's where we did the on ice events uh, earlier this year in January and March. Uh, we have another set of stones that are uh, on their way to India right now. So we will probably have them uh, in Delhi where the, the National Federation is located. Um, and there is an ice rink close to Delhi, which uh, is used for ice skating. We are trying to see if that can be used year round. That's not big enough to organize like a, like, a full-size curling uh, curling event, but just ha getting people introduced to the technique and stuff. That's something that we could we we're trying to uh, do year-round. Yeah. 
tell us about those events in January and March. You had the first national camp, which I think was mm-hmm. the one in January, and then in March, and then in March of this year, you held the first on ice Indian national championships and even a junior championship too, That's right? Correct. Tell us, please, tell yeah. us about those. Yeah, so in January we did like a two-day two-day camp, um, which was also which was followed by uh, the national uh, seniors and uh, junior championship. Uh, we had again like close to three hundred people from like I believe twelve different states who had traveled all the way uh, to Gulmarg. Uh, uh, quite a few of them had taken like trains that would took them two days to get there. Um, it was a great response. Um, um, we we did a we did a quick camp it was it was not easy to get like 300 people their first experience on ice trying to uh throw curling stones um on a semi-outdoor um uh, ice uh, ice rink um and then we did organize like a seniors and uh, juniors nationals uh in january and then we did another camp in march this was for sub juniors so under 14 uh we had a we had close to 80 80 people show up for that one. So tell everyone where, where Gulmarg is. So Gulmarg is in um, in the northern part of India. It's in a union territory called Kashmir. Um, it's, uh, it's a very popular um, tourist destination year round. And in the winter, a lot of people from around India and around the world go there to like learn how to ski. It's a popular ski ski destination in India. Okay, and so you had three hundred people there. How did these people hear about the this curling camp, these curling events? Were they people who had done the floor curling before, or how how did you get these people all the way up there to to do this? Yeah, so. Uh, a few of them had done the floor curling events um, because we have state associations in different uh, uh, eighteen different state associations. When we did the floor curling event, we we promoted the 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 on ice event in January. We did also some promotion through Facebook, uh, and a lot of them came uh, through those promotional activities, both at the floor curling uh, events and through Facebook. So t- t- tell us about your champions. Who were who are the current uh, national champions there in India? Like the men's national championships were from like Jammu and Kashmir, uh, and then we had uh, a few states from the south that did really well, where there's like no ice anywhere, but like uh, people who had traveled long distances to get there, um, and they did really well. The women's national uh, championship was won by a team from Andhra Pradesh uh, in the south of India. And then we, the juniors, again, like uh, uh, teams from the south did really well. Okay. So it's a pretty good mix of from the north, from all over the country, basically. That is correct. Yes. And even at the sub-junior nationals, uh, the team from Jammu and Kashmir did really well. And then also teams from south, south India. And so I guess, how, how many people would you consider to be, you know, members of the Curling Federation of India at this right. point? So I think um, if you consider people who've done like multiple events, we have close to like 600 people who you could consider as like members or athletes that are part of the Curling Federation of India. That, that's pretty incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> Can I just go back? Uh, how... Yeah. So if Gulmarg's, is it in the Himalayas then, or is it? It is correct, yeah. So the Himalayas are like on, 
uh, like that uh, the northern boundary for india so like we the himalayas go through six different states and gulmarg yeah. is like uh, in one of those states yeah so how high up is this curling rink like so, in terms of elevation yeah it was uh, 8690 feet um and by my knowledge i think it's also the highest elevation bond spiel in the world right now or at least national highest elevation nationals uh, I, that we yeah. organized i i would think so i'm trying to think yeah. okay so did you actually play in this championship or no i was just there training and like coaching like coaching like, like how hard would sweeping be at that elevation yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was pretty hard um because a lot of the players were beginners like um they weren't sweeping as hard i guess but yeah it would be uh it, it would be a little challenging yeah for sure yeah <laughs> So, um, if I guess if someone gave you a blank check to build a four sheeter anywhere in India, where would you put it? Where would the first dedicated rink go? Do you think? Right. So, if I had a blank check, and I'm not being biased, it would probably be in Hyderabad, India, because it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's in like South Central India, so it's an easy access to like most people and just given the fact that so many people from south india have showed up to a lot of these national level events that would be uh, where i would put it but if i had a blank check just to build the facility and like no support for maintaining the ice it would probably be in one of the the, the six states that have uh, that are in the mountainous regions uh, near the himalayas yeah why do you just just curious is why do you think it is that so much so many people from the south of india where it's obviously not not cold yeah. uh, are into curling that's a good question i i'm not sure if i know the answer but um even like uh a lot of people who would be competing for india a lot of us are from south of india but i guess it's just uh a lot of those state associations have push their athletes to go participate. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest reasons is um, just the push that like the state associations give to get their athletes to some of these uh, national level events. Other than a dedicated curling facility, uh, what else does the Federation need in order to grow the sport in India? Right. I think a little more exposure, um, hopefully on TV or at least in media, trying to get the word out, trying to get like more people educated about the sport and like also uh, showing them what access looks like, I think would go a long way. And also probably having championships that like uh, carry a lot of weight uh, in terms of like, uh, I guess, uh, securing jobs or them looking good on your CV for, for example, like if there were an Asian championship or an Asian winter games, right? So they go a long way. If athletes participate in any of the, those events, that goes a long way in like um, getting jobs, government jobs in India and stuff like that. So maybe having a few of those championships, uh, access to those championships for Indian teams, I think would, would go a long way. Uh, and then, I mean, I mean, it sounds like 
you're already doing a good job of getting younger curlers, junior curlers, even, you know, you even had a senior championship, but, um, what are kind of the areas for growth and are there any other demographics that you're going to target in the future? So I think, uh, I think the Federation is focused on trying to, um, do a lot more of the floor curling events to just increase, uh, the exposure and, uh, uh bring more people into the sport, um, just educating them about, about the sport and stuff. And then also, I guess, um, looking to find more um, ice facilities where we can do these on ice events, either um, seasonally or year round. Um, so I think those are two focus areas right now for the Federation. Um, yeah, it looks like most of most of the ice rinks in India are either outdoors or in shopping malls. That is correct. So we don't have a full size, um, like an ice hockey or any arena which could uh, double up as a, uh, a curling facility uh, yet. But I think there is a push to try and host some like big uh, winter games in India. So we are hoping like we'll have. Uh, at least some facility that we can use in the not too distant future. So uh, is the Indian, is the Indian curling federation going to compete in WCF events coming up in the upcoming season? Yeah. So uh, the curling federation of India, we have, uh, we have uh, teams signed up for, the World Mixed Curling Championships in Aberdeen, uh, the Pan-Continental uh, Curling Championships, the B Division. Uh, we have a men's team signed up for that. And we also have a mixed double uh, team signed up for the World Mixed Doubles qualifying event uh, in Dumfries uh, in December. So those are the three events where, uh, WCF events where India uh, will be sending teams to this year. And uh, how do you select the teams for those events? So uh, we did a camp in Kazakhstan uh, in June. Um, so there were uh, a few athletes who showed up at, at the camp. And then we've also looked at like uh, just experience what other events people have played in uh, to try and select, select teams for these, uh, for these championships. So are you playing on any of these events or any of them? Or? Um, right now I'm playing in all three. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So I, I, that's a lot of curling. It is <laughs> a lot of traveling. curling. Yeah, which I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wh where are you drawing the players from then? So other emerging federations often use expats in Canada and the U.S., at least to get their, their teams going at the beginning uh, to form their international teams. Is the Curling Federation of India doing something similar as well? Um, y y yes, uh, I guess one of the biggest challenges we have uh, in trying to do that is the fact that India doesn't recognize dual citizen citizenship. Um, so um, the people who will be able to compete um, are people with Indian passports who are probably living in uh, countries with access to ice. So uh, we do have a lot of, uh, I guess, curlers of Indian origin uh, who might, who don't necessarily have an Indian passport. So it's gonna be tough for them to represent mm. the country. So um, 
I guess from the pool of players that we will be uh, using to select teams, at least in the uh, near future, there are um, a few uh, expats of in expats from India uh, that live in uh, the U.S. or Canada. I, the other, I want to go back. You mentioned Kazakhstan, so. Yeah. Um, so there was the Victor Kim mixed doubles cup. I think I saw you were competing in that. So what, what was the experience like of curling in Kazakhstan? Um, it was a great experience. I like, I had no uh, idea what I was getting into when I signed up for the event. And when we decided to do the camp uh, in Kazakhstan a few weeks after the mixed doubles event, but it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I think uh, Kazakhstan is probably one of the best kept secrets in curling. Um, mm. They have an amazing facility there, a six sheet facility. Uh, and like they have a nationals team program that Victor runs really well. So they do like practice three, four uh, times a week. Um, and it was great just being there for uh, mixed doubles and just uh, getting to interact with a lot of the players and also uh, using some of the, their coaches for the camp that we did in June. So is that why you partnered with them? Because they're kind of geographically, I guess, kind of close and, yeah. uh, and have like a facility year round? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's probably the closest dedicated ice we have to India. So it's like a short uh, Two and a half hour, three hour flight from Delhi. Again, it's it's not always easy get to for like Indian passport holders to get visas to a lot of the other traditional curling nations. So again, that was uh, that was another the the process that was made really easy through the Kazakhstan Federation. So they really helped the uh, the curling federation of India uh, to get visas for all the all the players that were coming here. So, um, but you, you actually played, so you played in this event and I think you did pretty well. So how did you do in the competition? Didn't you win? Well, uh, we won. Um, so we finished second in the mixed okay. WCD mixed doubles event in Kazakhstan. And then we did a camp in June. Um, there were 11 athletes that had traveled from both the US and India. Uh, and we ended up playing in the Kazakhstan Open Curling Championships, which was organized as part of the camp. And we did end up winning the, the Kazakhstan Open Curling Championships. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. So, so what else is uh, in plan for the uh, Curling Federation of India this season and kind of a bit more longer term too? Yeah. So I think this season, uh, we're really excited about the WCF events we are sending teams to. Um, and then uh, we are also hoping to organize a few more camps, uh, especially from uh, for athletes who will be traveling from India, um, getting them more ice time, um, and also continuing to do more uh, floor curling and on ice events in India to get more people uh, onto the ice. Do you think participating in these WCF events are going to help with your? goal of getting more media coverage, getting the word out more uh, through, well, through traditional media there in India? Yeah, for sure. I think just having that representation and having just showing people that like India can start, India can send teams to these international events. And uh, depending on how we do, that'll definitely uh, 
increase uh, visibility, uh, exposure, uh, both within and uh, uh, within the country and among Indian diaspora everywhere. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the Curling Federation of India? No, I think we covered most of it. But if your listeners uh, know uh, Indians um, or know Indian Indians who play other sports and would like to drag them onto curling ice, um, <laughs> we would love for that support and help. Um, and, and if anyone wants, uh, if, if there are other Indians who uh, who are curling or would like to get into curling and want to reach out to me, um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, go ahead and shout out either how to get a hold of you or where where everyone can find the the federation on social media or on the web anywhere. Right. So uh, you can find the Curling Federation of India on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you just search for Curling Federation of India, uh, you'll be able to uh, find the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter profiles. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can uh, drop me an email at raju at curling.in or find me on Facebook. Uh, if, if you just search for Raju PN or PN Raju, you should be able to find me on social media. All right. Well, Raju, thank you so much for joining us and good luck to you in all these events coming up here in the fall and the winter. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. If you enjoyed this show, we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us. Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.